Welcome to the Uplifting Content Podcast. I'm your host, Ioni Butler, and the founder of Uplifting Content. And every Tuesday, I'll share with you conversations with remarkable guests on a wide range of topics. My goal with this podcast is to introduce you to new people, ideas, and techniques that provide value and insight, which I hope you find uplifting. Today, let's talk about empowered men and women with Ariana Hall. My current career is something I never imagined in a million years I'd be doing, which is that I work with people on their voices and their self-expression. My guest today, Ariana Hall, is known as a secret weapon for the post-Me Too man who wishes to lead by example and become part of the solution. She specializes in communication, public speaking, and all types of relationships. As a professional singer, her touring experience has taken her around the world and put her in front of audiences of over a million people. Ariana is also a certified Tantra instructor. And in this episode, we spoke about Ariana's journey from being a professional singer to the work she does now, some of the internal struggles of men, the increasing problems with dating in our social media age, how to have successful relationships with other people, Tantra and Tantric meditation, and so much more. Ariana has also offered to give away a very special prize in which she will provide for one lucky winner a tailored, personal, guided meditation to address anything you would like to work on. So if that is of interest, please sign up to the giveaway. The link will be in the show notes. Enjoy the show. So Ariana, let's get started with, um, if you could please share with us, the first question I love to ask people when they uh, join the show is, can you share with us what you do and just how you got into it? So your story in whatever way you feel is good. Okay, so this story uh, starts like this. When I was a young girl, I always wanted to be a professional. I wanted to be a singer when I grew up. And the other thing that I wanted to be was a psychologist. And I kind of forgot about that last part and kept focusing on singer and went to an art school and went to a university conservatory program for singing and got a touring job and toured all over. And, and now I've done all these things like back up Rod Stewart on a track and back up an American Idol and sing for the Prince of Wales and all these things as a professional singer. So I've sung for a million people in my life just about at this point. And after a while, the road was wearing on me and I just decided that I wanted to do something that used my talents and skills, but that made more of a difference. Mm. And I wasn't really exactly sure what that was going to be. And it took me a while to figure out what that ended up being. But once I worked it out, it became my current career. And my current career is something I never imagined in a million years I'd be doing, which is that I work with people on their voices and their self-expression. In specific, these days, I work with mostly men, sometimes women, on their public speaking, their communication, and their relationships. And in the case of men, especially their relationships with women. Mm -hmm. And uh, this whole hashtag me too thing has really changed the way that men and women interact. So I've noticed I have this ability to connect with men and explain matters of the heart to them in a way that they understand and demystify, you know, what women do for men so that they can have better relationships, be more loving guys, and have careers that they're happy with. There's, mm. a, there's a lot of need right now in this age of women's empowerment from men. Believe it or not, they're really confused and hurt mm -hmm. and lost. Lots mm -hmm. of suicide is happening, lots of depression, lots of guys not feeling like they can reach out and ask for help because they got to be tough and have it together. So there's, there's a lot of uh, need 
my frame. So that's what I'm doing now, mostly. And uh, I guess we'll get into the rest of what I'm doing now a little bit later. <laughs> yes. So we had, uh, for our listeners, just to give you some context, we met at, um, Ariana and I met at an event a few weeks ago. And I was just, I love, I, I do think that what you're doing is incredibly necessary. And um, being a female in LA, um, just the dating scene here is just very, it's just complicated and and difficult um and i also as much as i am all for the me too movement i can see how it's confusing and difficult for guys it's like can i make a move am i gonna is that being perceived as a predator like it's a really confusing time and so i love that you're there to support and help both men and women navigate through this um you'd said something about it took you a little while to kind of find your path. How did how you know what? How did you get into this? Like, what were some of the things that mm, that got you to was, coaching men? It's so interesting. It was and very it long. Quite different. <laughs> yeah, it was a very long journey. So, again, with my background as a as a professional singer, I recognized that the skill that I had above and beyond any other skill, even more than the skill of singing, was in the entertainment world, what's called being compelling. Hmm. And being compelling means being able to hold audience attention, specifically from a stage or through video, et cetera, when that's the goal. So Mm -hmm. holding audience attention is really, really important. And I know that you know that as well Mm -hmm. as an entertainer. So basically, um, I was thinking to myself, who needs this skill uh, that isn't in entertainment, where I could be of service and make a difference. And I thought about it for a while, and I eventually came to the conclusion that it was public speakers, specifically ones that had a powerful, beautiful message to share. And this was be- when when the TED Talk movement was just dawning. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just barely happening as a TED has been around for a while, but TED was just starting to become more popular at this time, like just prior. So I thought, what would it be like if I actually worked with people who were wanting to do TED Talks? And at the time I thought, oh my gosh, that's inconceivable. That's so incredible. And I remember saying to myself, people that are doing maybe projects with the UN, I don't know, people who are making a big difference. So that was how it began. And then I started to work with people and in no time at all, I trained, you know, four TEDx Talks. Mm. And um, some of them were getting standing ovations and and being submitted out of the best talk of the day for that entire event and things like that. And I thought, okay, this is a thing. And then someone came through um, my coaching practice who was working with the UN and who Mm -hmm. was doing peace projects. And then another bunch more came through who were um, Palestinian Jewish uh, collaborative people in the West Bank who are still doing beautiful peace work there and Um, I just thought, okay, this is great. And then about, gosh, I'm losing track, maybe five years ago, six years ago, I had a client who took 17 minutes of his session. I know because I watched the clock and I couldn't believe how long he kept saying for 17 minutes, he said, you know, you really should consider working with men, just men. (laughs) And at the time I was working with men and with women. And I said, oh, that's nice. Thank you so much for sharing. And then let's get back to your session. I'm here for you. And then we kept talking and he just kept saying it. And so then later on, I spoke to my, uh, my business mentor at the time. And I said, uh, isn't this funny? This client of mine said I should work with men. It's, it's the age of women's empowerment. I mean, I'm an empowered woman. I need to be helping other women. Mm. Like this is the thing. And isn't that silly? And my business mentor said, um, well, let's see how silly it is. Go back and check your numbers and see who've been the clients the longest, who have you helped the most 
And, you know, what are you actually doing that's really making the biggest impact in your client base? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it was this specific segment of men from approximately 30 to late 40s. Um, and some of them a little younger, some of them a little older, but that target range um, who were really dealing with like entering full on, I'm a man all the way. I'm not messing around anymore. I'm full on in my career. I want to have a meaningful relationship. I want to have a happy life. I want my life to be meaningful. And they were trying to navigate all of that. And there was a lot of confusion and difficulty mm. and the coaching really supported them. Mm. Um, the other thing that I observed during the three months that I wrestled with myself as to whether or not I would actually do this and work mostly with men um, was uh, that I, you could have heard me saying things like, I refuse to help men um, have sex. That's not what my life is for. <laughs> you know, I just was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. Yeah. I'm trying to do something important here. Yeah. You know, and in the end, I really sat with it. Again, it took three months for me to make this decision. I The, the weight of my conscience um, led me to choose to work with men because yeah. I recognized, okay, this, there's so much need here. I have this ability to translate these complicated feeling level concepts into intellectual concepts that guys can grasp and kind of reverse and engineer into their own emotional understanding. And I felt a sense of, yeah, not obligation. I'm looking for the word. I felt, I felt a sense of duty yeah. to do something about it. And, yeah. uh, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure how it would turn out, and it's turned out to be very successful. So. Yeah, <laughs> followed your calling. I just I like any examples of stories where people sort of rather than just and this is my th this year I have been adamant to live by this rule rather than just like deciding I'm doing this I only and then just forcing myself upon everything, just sort of going with what feels right, going with what is showing up what seems easy, what I feel good at. And, and it sounds like that's exactly what happened with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of following that inner message inside that inner voice that's kind yeah. of leading you. It's always a very, very quiet voice, but it's a deep knowing. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Like, I don't want to do anything that makes people more separate. Like, yes, it's great to support women, but not at the extent where you're separating them from men because we all need to, like, be together, like, work exactly. together. We don't have to do everything together, but we need to support each other and it not just be them and them. Um, and so it seems like your work kind of does that. Yeah. And you know, I, it's, I, I couldn't agree more. It is very divisive out there. And there's mm. a lot of women that are really... Um, angry mm. and as they should be, um, mm -hmm. with some of the, you know, given what many women, many women mm -hmm. have experienced, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. at the hands of men being very unconscious and not paying attention to the implications and the results of their own actions. But, um, I think that if women and men want to come together, and this was the insight I had about six years ago, if women and men want to truly feel equal and respected by one another, which is what we all want, as far as I know, at least if a person's mentally healthy, mm -hmm. that is what they would naturally want as far as I've ever been able to notice um, in 21 years of working with people, um, women are going to have to, in order to have that equality, we're going to have to embrace and accept men in all of the ways that they are, including their shadow side, their darkness and mm. their difficulties. And it has been such an interesting path for me because I've had to turn into that woman in order to work with men in the way that I do to have the level of acceptance and compassion to be able to hear them say anything. Right. on their session. And I have heard it all. Like I've heard yes. so many crazy things. And 
when I hear these things, I'm just at this point, at this point, I'm, it's just like, okay, cool. Like, great. So that's where you're at. And that's what you're dealing with. Let's start from there. Mm-hmm. But for, in general, at first it was really intense for me. It was, it's not comfortable to learn about what's really going on with guys. Mm. When I looked into it, there's tons of books being written about this right now, um, where you can see that men are trying to help men because men in, within the gender understand that they're struggling. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've not currently, I mean, I can't think of anyone I've met that said, why would you coach men? That's a ridiculous idea. I've never met a single person that said that mm-hmm. every woman that I've met kind of whispers in and says, thanks for doing what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then men that I meet either say either, you know, I need your card or, you know, that's really cool. I need to keep that in mind for my, this, my friend, my, this, my, whatever, my colleague. So, um, there's so much need and it's mm. so undercover. I mean, I think if, you know, your podcast is so revolutionary in lots of ways because you're, you're kind of finding people who are doing things that are a little, um, maybe they're a little in front of the curve, right? They're not mass aware. Mm-hmm. Their, their topics are not mass. Um, their topics are not out there in the mass consciousness right. yet. Right. So I suspect that men's empowerment as a movement is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I've been watching it grow over the last several years. Mm. Um, just, you know, I'm not the only one that does work like this, but I am one of the only women that does work like this. It's mm-hmm. mostly guys. And there's lots of like men's empowerment groups. Um, there's really, really popular groups like the Mankind Project. And, you know, there are, um, are, are places where you can go online and read articles, etc. But there are very few women sitting with men, loving them, being accepting, understanding, and just allowing them to grow in the way that they wish to grow, but mm-hmm. don't have a sounding board. Um, another thing I noticed is that men don't really have a lot of resources. This was another reason in this domain, men don't have a lot of resources. This is another reason I chose to do this work. Um, for example, if you're a guy and you're dealing with wanting to work your heart out, you know, like a workout for your heart, you know, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to become a more compassionate man or a kinder man, or, or you wanted to be more connected with your lover or your girlfriend or your wife or your kids, in order to get better at that, which lots of men actually do want to get better at that, mm-hmm. your options are pretty much therapy, um, you know, a dating coach if you're single, um, maybe a female business coach. So you can kind of really quick ask on the side, like, hey, what do you think of this girl that's on my dating app? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you going to talk to? Your mom, your sister? There's not a lot of resources. Whereas for a woman, if you want to go on a yoga retreat, just pick your country and pick your spiritual topic. I mean, and there's a yoga retreat for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go to Bali and I want it to be like uh, yoga. And then I want to have like, you know, a day of Buddhist meditation. It's like, sure, you can find that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, yeah, but if yeah. you're a guy, a lot of the stuff out. Yeah, that's true. Not it's as much good. available. Yeah. So um, sorry, so, I cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. There's just not as much available. That's the point. Right. Um, so what I'd love to hear is, so what are the types of things that you find coming up? And then what are, ty- what are the type of practical ways in which you work with guys? Um, I'd love to hear like just some of, some of those things. Some of the things that come up for guys, um, again, it's always it's so surprising to find out what men were really dealing with as mm. a woman who thought I, you know, understood and I totally didn't until I got in there. Um, men are in general, the things I've heard men dealing with are everything from, um, feeling attractive enough, mm. feeling confident in ways that 
are obvious, but to women, but are ways that are in ways that are not obvious to women. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many, many different ways. They're very, very interested and in, in, in need of learning how to feel confident in all kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I've noticed that men are really struggling with in general is um, how to how to have a career that they enjoy that also makes them enough money. So it balances those two things of enjoyment and making enough money, which women are also generally dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, But for guys, I think there's more urgency and, and I would even use the word desperation for a lot of guys because it, there's so much more importance placed on the individual than there ever has been in as long as I can remember, <laughs> you know, like in, in history, this is like the age of the individual all of a sudden. And so if you're not doing something that's fulfilling for you, it's almost like what's wrong with you. And so I think guys are feeling a lot of pressure because men are very, very interested, at least this is what I've seen, um, in the way that they make money. It's really, really important to them, especially in this particular age range that I'm working with, mm. the way they make money and that they're making enough money is it equals their confidence and their self-esteem in lots of ways. So if there's a guy that is, you know, between careers or struggling with something like his self-esteem might be a little more fragile. And Mm. so as women, you know, if it's an amazing guy and he's working it out and he's doing his best, like we need to, as, as women, we need to be more patient with our men and understand that they're making a transition. Mm -hmm. Also, um, There's a lot of women out there that want to have their own career And then there are plenty of women that don't and they want to kind of follow the more traditional model and have the man be the breadwinner. There's, there's a mixed bag. And so for men, there's a sense of, well, I just need to pick what kind of woman I'd like to be with and pick my kind of track in life Mm -hmm. and look for that kind of woman, women. So, um, this topic extends to what women are looking for in men as well. Like, Oh, I I liked him and he liked me and I don't understand what happened there. And it's like, well, maybe you but don't have that lifestyle that he's looking for. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's definitely been something that I've experienced as well. And it's something that I'm experiencing too with my own personal sort of journey and dating and just even what you're saying, like, I know that I have expectations of what I want a man to be doing or like a certain level of success or to be achieving. And and it's just kind of mean. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, I'm aware that I have that. And I can just think if that's what they're getting from tons of women, that's a lot of pressure. And I it had is. this realization that the other day, which was like, why do I have to have a man that's super successful? Like, why, why, why am I not just the successful person? And or, like, why does it have to be, why does it have to be such a big deal? Yeah. Um, There's a double standard on behalf of women. There is. I yeah. feel it. I do it. And I've also noticed my other double standard lately with dating being very frustrated. I've deleted all dating apps. I do this all the time because they just drive me nuts. <laughs> um, you know, just like, uh, you know, everyone's so flaky. Like guys don't make an effort. They're really lazy. And then I look at myself and I realize I actually don't, I'm really flaky and I'm really lazy and I'm not getting back to people either. And what I realized it was, um, I've been on some lovely dates with a very nice guy that who actually is making an effort. And I'm like, Oh my God, who's this guy that makes an effort? It's crazy. Um, what I realized it was, is because, you know, you, you don't know someone, you're just reading a profile. There's no interaction. There's a picture. I'm not sure that I'm even attracted. So what is the impetus to kind of 
put in all this time and energy and effort into somebody that I don't even know that I'm interested in when I've got tons of things to do anyway. And there's like 30 people that I've matched with. So then I just go, oh, I just don't care. And that, that's obviously what other people are doing. But yes, then it's that's me the having, start of it. Exactly. And it's, worse. it's worse than that. It's that people are now disposable. That's the yes, other big problem, yes. especially in an urban area. It's like, oh, this person did this teeny tiny thing and then I didn't like, okay, delete next. next. Just, we're just yeah. deleting people like they don't matter. And that is actually what's really the problem. And what's I, what my research has shown is that what is driving that is the, the, the increasing narcissism that's happening in general mm-hmm. as a culture around social media, me, 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 yes. all about me and like all this stuff. So uh, the way the dating apps are set up doesn't help either, especially the swiping ones. You know, we're in the age of the swiping dating culture, mm-hmm. it's just another age. Like we are mm-hmm. not in a time where um, empathy and connection are um, considered an important detail in connecting mm-hmm. when in reality they that is the hallmark of a healthy connection yes. <laughs> so okay. so it's it, it's like if you're finding someone that's making an effort you know I, I'm curious does this person even have you know a dating a d- have dating accounts because maybe they maybe he doesn't and if he does maybe he just thinks you're worth it you know and really leaning in it's really takes something special and then when someone leans in and then the other person doesn't reciprocate in a hypothetical situation it hurts even more because mm-hmm. it's like oh I made this effort above the beyond what anyone else I can see is doing. And now I just got rejected. So it's really intense what's going on right now. And the Mm. only, my, my, my professional opinion and my personal opinion is that the only way to have a successful relationship anymore is to unapologetically love other people, you know, to unapologetically be kind, to unapologetically, you know, give them your best, even when they're not giving it to you. And to just be that person who is, forging ahead with a healthy uh, beginning and empathy and doing those things and just, you know, whichever person reciprocates, okay, great. Like that's a person to go toward. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wow, like I was so sweet to you and you weren't sweet back and that's okay. So have an awesome life and I'm sweetly sending you away. You're not my match. (laughs) Well, that is important because what's happening is I feel like I get sort of bitter or resentful and then that's, and then that just makes me go out with the kind of tainted attitude for other people. And so that is the advice. Just yeah. that's great. I was we, have, we have to pay the kindness and the empathy forward. That's the yes. only way. And it's been said many times, including by the Dalai Lama himself, that um, you know it's going to be. Uh, I forget the exact quote, but something like women of the first uh, of the first world are going to kind of lead. You know the next movement of. I forgot the details. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. I'm butchering whatever the expression or the quote was. And I believe that we, as women in the first world, we have so much privilege. We have so much. Uh, you know, access to resources and education and the internet and all, and just, we have um, stability in a way that, you know, women in most other places of the world don't have it. And so women tend to biologically be more in touch with their empathy. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that has, uh, again, biological, right? It's not like an internal choice. It's biological. And that's because women are more wired to pay attention to children and each other and things of that nature and less wired to hyper-focus like men Mm -hmm. are wired to. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, we need to take the lead and we need to, like I said, kind of to use the old movie metaphor to pay it forward yeah. and to be more empath and empathetic with the people around us so that we can actually start to change 
what's happening. You know, if, 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 if a woman is listening to this podcast and, you know, I'm speaking directly to that woman, if she is not leading with empathy, then she can't expect to get it back. Mm. And that said, men respond hugely to empathy and kindness. I mean, they respond so much. It's like, water in the desert for them. They're just like, Oh my gosh, thank you for busting my balls. Thank you for like giving me some space and some compassion. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So in my personal life and in my professional life, I do my best to try to lead that way. I want to, I'm going to keep hold of this and, and just keep reminding myself of that. I, I worked on a, um, speaking at an event called, uh, FemQ last year, and it's all about, um, feminine energies and the feminine qualities. Um, and it, it wasn't just for women. It wasn't a feminist thing. It was just about bringing more of these feminine qualities back. And what's, what does happen in business and corporate is women have to be, or feel like they have to be hard and bring on all these male qualities and, and you lose that sort of nurturing, loving, compassionate, empathetic qualities. Absolutely. And I feel like myself, I do do that. I can do that. And I get just hard and nasty and mean because I'm just disgruntled and fed up. And so thank you for that note to remember yeah. to bring it back to that. Actually, may I add something to that? Cause that is yeah. so brilliant. Uh, I love that you went to a conference dedicated to women honing feminine qualities. I think. And men, they're all about and encouraging men. Oh. men to hone them too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, we've heard it said in spiritual circles many times, it's the age of the feminine. Some people say the age of the mother. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, I kept hearing that, not really knowing what that meant. And now I'm starting to understand it. And you can see it in our culture, in the US culture. It's like, there's this turning of like, wait, you have to respect women and women and feminine are different. I want to take a minute to like, just talk about that because there's a difference between masculine and feminine versus women and men or male and female. There's such a giant difference. You could be, you know, not even sure what your gender is and be in touch with masculine and feminine as a, as an essence. Yeah. So um, actually, I just recognized that right behind me, there's a painting made by Rasuli, one of my favorite painters and a mentor of mine. Um, and it's, I don't know if you can see it well, but it's an image of a woman just hugging the light and she's mm. ecstasy as she hugs the light. It's mm. called Surrendering for those that want to check out his painting. And uh, it's my most favorite image that I've ever seen. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen visually. Mm. And what it reminds me of is that for especially with your if a, if a human is living in a woman's body specifically but also for all of us it's so important to learn how to surrender to the heart and to the higher self quote unquote like the part of us that is eternal whatever that means this is not a religious idea this is just a spiritual idea you know you don't have to have a religion you can be atheist and understand that there's some part of you that came from somewhere and mm-hmm. seems to go back to something in this never-ending recycling of life here mm-hmm. on earth and so just surrendering to that eternal quality is something that gives great power especially to women these days and it i believe it gives the power to continue to find empathy when people are just being unfairly difficult or narcissistic or whatever they're doing um and especially also in this age where women really do in order to be ex- respected by other women and even in many cases by other men, women really do need to find their masculine qualities and figure out their career and whatever it may be. I mean, they don't need to, but I find that women are generally happier when they have some kind of purpose outside of family, but family is very important for women. So in order for women to actually do that and find those masculine qualities, 
they have to also pay attention to finding feminine qualities and maintaining both, which leads me to Tantra, which mm -hmm. is a practice that I've studied um, off and on for about 10 years and more intensively for about maybe last four or five years and very intensively for the last couple of years. And I've become certified as a teacher. And most people, when they hear the word Tantra, they think of sex. Yeah, and yeah. sex is part of some tantric um, lineages, but it's not part of all of them. And um, many people don't realize something like Kundalini yoga is actually a form of what's called white Tantra. There's many kinds of Tantra. There's um, intellectual kind of studying of spiritual text, Tantra, etc. So long story short, I believe from my point of view, this is my own point of view as a Tantra teacher, um, that Tantra kind of promises a three-step movement towards self-realization. Mm. You know, this is an 8,000-year-old spiritual practice, so much older than Buddhism by thousands of years, wow. older than Hinduism, older than Christianity by four times. You know, this is an ancient, ancient spiritual practice that uses spices and flowers and water and dirt, you know, mm -hmm. as part of the practices in some cases. In some cases, you're just looking at someone in the eyes and being with them. Mm. One of the, the three steps that Tantra kind of like takes a person toward is step one, locate your masculine and your feminine. Like know what they are, find them in yourself. Everyone, every person, every human has feminine and masculine qualities and at least potential. Yeah. Everyone. It's yeah. just birthright. It's born in. So the second kind of phase of tantric evolution is that you now have found your feminine, your masculine, you've made them empowered, right? You're, mm -hmm. That's step one. Step two is that they're able to come together and work as a cooperative team. They're yeah. able to work together within you. Mm -hmm. So your own feminine and your own masculine are teammates. And yeah. that is how you live your life. And then the third phase is that your feminine and your masculine go more than just being, they go further than just being teammates. They enter into a divine love affair mm. and their love affair and their ecstasy for one another causes them to merge in such a way where they become one and wow. their oneness is you. Mm. Their oneness is your life. Their oneness is your signature essence. It's what makes you different than anyone that has ever lived and will ever live. It's your one unique expression. And that becomes your life. Like you're their offspring. You are them as oneness so ideally, you know, all of us are able to live with both. Yeah. So how do you, so what are the ways in which, I'm so excited by all of this. And I, and I just want to highlight, because if there's like a really masculine guy out there, I still want them to get this, this, this whole idea of these two energies and the things. Because what they told me at this event um, is that, you know, that if you have a man that just has all of his masculine qualities, he's only at half his potential because yeah. he's got this whole like other toolkit full of yes. feminine qualities, but he's not using any of them. So when you realize that you've got both, you can, you're like a superpower, you're a super person, which is exactly what you're saying. And so for any guys out there, they're like, I'm not, I'm a man. I don't need whatever. I'm not saying you have to like wear dresses and be a woman. What I'm saying is it's like, <laughs> right. women into, and feminine are not yeah, the same. yeah, they're not the same thing. It's the, feminine qualities, masculine quality. And if you can tap into some of your feminine qualities, you're so much more powerful as a person. So how does that tantric thing is tantra thing is very cool. So how do you identify? How do you bring them to like? How do you get them to? What does it work together and then have the love affair? Like yeah, bring bring your feminine and masculine into oneness. Well, obviously that's a third step. So I want to preface anything I'm about to say with 
this is like, that's like when you're at the advanced, advanced, advanced levels, you really have honed your feminine. You really have honed your masculine and you've worked out how to not be toggling them anymore, but they are working together collaboratively. And then later they become your essence. So, um, there Tantra offers, first of all, Tantra is just so vast. I mean, 8,000 years of practices. It's so vast. And these days it survives as a hybrid of Tantric yoga, which is kind of Tantra and yoga smashed together. And then Tantric Buddhism, which is Tantra and Buddhism smashed together. And so pure Tantra doesn't really exist anymore, but those two exist. And if you were to get into them, there are schools within each one and sub schools. And I mean, it's just, there's so many paths, so many lineages. So I'm just going to preface everything I'm about to say with, this is just from what I've studied. You know, the fraction, as much as I've studied, it's the fraction of a giant world of stuff. So within what I've studied, um, and my interest is, is, um, more in the aspects of Tantra that cause a person to go more into their five senses. So some Tantra has uh, you wanting to come sort of like into a witnessing stance where you're witnessing life. You're kind of impartial. It's closer to a general Buddhist stance, although I'm not saying you, you can have Tantra yoga that has that stance as well. I'm looking at and interested in the, the Tantra that produces a person being more in their body. Mm -hmm. being more in touch with their five senses and i'm not interested in going into the deep 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 esoteric it's more like how do we have first world people just start to get in touch with their body like at this level of this conversation that's Mm -hmm. just where it begins how do we just get in our bodies again embodied so practices that get the person into their body is a very short answer on how you get in touch with the feminine aspect of self the body is said to be the feminine even if you're a man the body like a body is the feminine Mm. the mind is more of a masculine so if you're hyper focusing on something and very intellectual about something that's Mm. more masculine focus if you're being in touch with the body and just sort of moving in a way that feels really good to you. That's a feminine focus for, to take an example. And there are many, many, many different yeah. ways. I like to think of the masculine as being something that is expansive in a nature and the, it's, it's interested in expanding. Yeah. And I, I like to think of like the top of a mountain or something like piercing into the sky, just into forever, into like so high and lofty and, and uh, uh, inspiring and difficult to attain. And that's kind of like, of a more, it's more of a masculine view or more of a masculine focus. And then the ocean is a wonderful metaphor for the feminine. You know, it's wild and some days it's beautiful and the sun's setting and the seagulls are flying and you're like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. I'm so happy I'm alive. And then the next minute, the ocean is wild and throwing ships into the sea and just like, you know, crashing things against the rocks. So the feminine has range and emotion and color and movement and, and that's the feminine. Yeah. Right now, female. So mm-hmm. to get into that, um, practice wise, there are many different practices, you know, any practice that is like, for example, silent sitting meditation will help hone the masculine. So if I just sit here and breathe and I'm focused on not so much my body, but my stillness, my peace, my transcending of my egoic voices, that would be more of a masculine meditation more. It would be, sorry, a meditation that would promote masculine expansion 
Mm-hmm. Um, a woman, a woman and a man could equally do that. And maybe they need that in that moment. A woman and a man could also, also do a more feminine or embodied kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones in the world is just laying on the floor and just rolling around in a way that feels good. And it sounds so silly, but oh my God. I do that. dogs do, right? They're I do body. that. Yeah. When I, when I, when I've been out dancing and I'm kind of tired and I, I don't have the energy to dance anymore, I lie on the floor and flail my limbs around and I call it flooring. It's dancing on the floor when you're too tired to dance. I love that. So yeah, I do that. It's totally a thing. Like that is a very feminine embodied meditation. You know, it's very embodied. Now that those are more dramatic, um, in, in lots of ways. And there are even more dramatic meditations. You know, there are meditations to hone the masculine that involve things that are, that really push that man to his edge of what he believe is, believes is possible. You know, there's a lot of great retreats out there. Um, I'm actually thinking of starting doing some on my own, but there are a lot of re- great retreats that exist for men where it pushes them like kind of warrior training type retreats. Yes. And for women, you know, again, just sitting in circle with other sisters and just talking to other women about their heart and their relationships and how they feel like that really promotes the feminine. And a man and a woman could do either of those too. Yes. Send yeah. a woman to a boot camp and help her hone her masculine if she's like super feminine and not like really doesn't know how to set boundaries and doesn't know how to find her internal empowered strength. Yeah. And for a man who's like, over machismo or something, you can send him to like, look, sit in a men's circle and listen to other men talk. Like you do have feelings. You do have needs. <laughs> yes. This is a reality. You can't ignore them forever. It catches up to you. Yes. So there's all kinds. And then there's meditations that are very, very subtle. So let me see if I can show you a teeny yeah. one thing right here. So if I wanted to uh, just go, right now, I'm in sort of like what I called or- normally operative mode. And normally operative mode just means like an integrated mode. And integrated is the word that I, that I use to describe feminine and masculine. They're both online. Maybe they're toggling a little, maybe they're unified, but they're both here. So as I'm talking to you now, I'm in this integrated mode. I'm using my mind, my masculine aspect, not just the mind, but I am using my masculine aspect to kind of ask myself, what are we talking about and where are we going? And are we hitting the points we need to hit as we're talking? And then I'm allowing my feminine aspect to be available, which is kind of like allowing me to remember that I have a body and enjoying you and knowing I'm talking to another woman and just kind of feeling myself in my body as I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I like to say is feel your body as you speak. Because it does both. It helps integrate. Mm. If you feel the body as you speak, you're in touch with wow. the Wow. If you are paying attention to what you're speaking and where the mind is going, you're paying attention to more of a masculine focus. Mm. And at first, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah. It's really actually challenging. You know, I invite your listeners to to just try to do that for a second. <laughs> you know? I just, I just said hard. that. My like I felt like I had there was so much um like buzzing in my head. And I just <laughs> put it into my body and it just made me realize that yeah, there were I was just all in my head. Yeah. There's so much body, right? If, if yeah. we're just a talking head, it's so, <laughs> to use the expression, like, mm-hmm. but if we're a head that's talking with no awareness of our own body, how are we going to be aware of our extended body, which is the earth? Mm-hmm. How are we mm-hmm. going to be aware of where we live, our environment, and the, what keeps our body safe, which is a huge interest of mine personally. Yeah. You know, my work is not directly about the environment, but I believe that if human beings become more integrated and more self-aware, we'll kind of go, oh, Oh, hey, we should do something about this environment. Right, right. When we're connected, yeah, totally. And not in this whole mind consciousness space only. If we're in that heady space because we're just trying to survive, we're still, our instincts are virtually the same as they've been for tens of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So 
because of that, we are still running around like basically like like we're hunter gatherer caveman people. We're like running around like we are still in the situation like we're going to be chased by this you know, tiger or something mm-hmm. like, intact and we have to look and pay attention. And that shows up in, Oh no, notification on my phone. Oh no, this, Oh no, that, Oh, that phone call. We, our nerves, our, our nervous system is activated in a way in this t- day and age, mostly for us that are in first world culture, it's activated in a way that is so intense that we can't downregulate the nervous system and just relax and find our body again and go, Oh, okay, I am safe. There is no tiger chasing me. It is okay if I t- walk away from my phone or my devices for a minute. It is okay if I sit down. And especially with how addictive yeah. devices are designed to be, and that is a fact. Oh yeah, there are there are books about that as well. <laughs> so we need to figure out how to unhook ourselves as animals. You know, the animal body that we live in. Unhook from all that stuff and find the body again. And as we're speaking, feel the body. As we're talking, pay attention to what we're saying. Find that way to drop into a grounded state. So that's kind of my summary on that. <laughs> I love it. Well, you've um, kindly offered to do uh, to, to provide one of our listeners with a, a personalized um, guided meditate uh, tantra meditation. And so, with that, is that kind of sort of what you're saying? To- talking about bringing people into the body. Is that how that would? If that's what they're needing, and it, and it likely is, um, but it's not necessarily what they're needing. So um, whoever wins this particular um, uh, contest um, will be invited to describe to me in, in a few sentences what they're most wanting to, to achieve in their life or what they're most wanting to heal, however it, it comes to them. And then I'll take that information and I will go into meditation and meditate for them, on them, and just tap into what comes to me uh, for them. And then I'll allow that to come through my knowledge about how to convey Tantra through meditation. And I'll basically describe a meditation and send them an audio of it so that they have that and they can practice with it. So it'll be tailor-made just for them. That's awesome. That is such an awesome giveaway. Thank you. And I actually want to... I want to take a clip of what you just said and then we can just promote that too so that everyone knows exactly what they're winning. That, that sounds like a beautiful Perfect. Perfect. thing. Wonderful. Um, oh, Ariana, I was hoping that we would get, um, I would get a little one, but with, actually, do you reckon I've got time for a little one? We do. We could do yeah. time. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Yeah. 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 So what would be your, <laughs> it's like, yay, I get excited too. Cause I don't know what we're about to do each time. So for me, it's always new and it's always exciting because it's a, a chemistry, right? It's right. a chemistry. I, I don't believe in templates for, um, for meditation. There's certainly practices, but in giving someone something that's going to actually support and help them as a teacher of it, you know, I have to tap into like what's really present for them. And this is something I bring into sessions with men as well as they need it. And, or sometimes we're just talking about their life and working out things in a more kind of logistical detail. Mm. So all men's available. This is, thank This is probably has to be one of my favorite giveaways so far. So thank you for this one. Um, make sure that you guys enter. Um, Ariana, thank you. Um, loving the work you're doing. Uh, people can find out about your um, work with men. If there's any men that want to be coached, empoweredman.com is yes. the place to go for that information. And you've also got something new, the tantraconcerts.com. Can you tell us about Tantra Concerts before Absolutely. we wrap up? With mm. my, with my uh, long career as a professional singer and my love for Tantra and what it does for people, as we just experienced here, um, the way that it just brings us into our heart again and into connection mm. and into ourselves, um, I wanted to find a way to mix the two. So I created something called the Tantra Concert, and it's 
half tantric workshop, half live original music. So it's songs that I wrote and I perform live with an acoustic guitar, um, sometimes with a piano or ukulele. And uh, I also lead a tantric, a series of tantric practices for the whole group. And I like to joke that it's rated PG. So (laughs) some people wonder what it's a tantric workshop. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. Usually there's partner work and solo practice in all of them. People are welcome to come with their partner if they're in a couple or come alone and partner with somebody else that's there. And the people that come are just so amazing. Mm. Brought in by, you know, business events that want to use this as an integration experience for their participants, which I just did one recently and it was such a success. Uh, Half the participants were from another country. And everybody like everybody was so, so enthralled. It was so cool. Mm. Um, so actually on tantraconcerts.com, there's a teaser video, you know, there's a little uh, video of um, all these different testimonials from the last several events, um, from business events to just ones that I threw where people came on their Saturday night mm. wanted to meet other people that were like-minded. So, um, yeah, there's a, a bunch of testimonials. There are people saying what they got out of it. There's some photos and description. And there's a way of getting in contact with me about that there as well. Or if a person just wants to be notified when the next one's coming, they can sign up for the, uh, for the mailing list so that I can let them know when the next one's happening. Perfect. I'm actually definitely curious. Do you, you don't have anyone and do you have any scheduled for LA anytime soon? I don't have an next one scheduled just yet. I just finished one. So I am definitely okay. open and interested. And I will also say here that just for your podcast listeners, mm. um, if they reach out and mention your podcast, if they say mm-hmm. uplifting content somewhere in the email, when they write to me, I will I will actually give them a special rate because I want a lot of people um, from your world to find this. And and is this is this about for so that would be for um, if someone wanted to facilitate an event or if they wanted to have like a private event? What would yeah? So it could be anything from a birthday party to a uh, business event to um, they just have a group of friends that love getting together and you know um, hosting fireside chats or hosting you know house concerts or things of that nature. And they want mm. to see something like this go down. Um, I am actually creating a really, really, really kind of irresistible scenario because for me, I just want to get this out there Yeah, about making money and the Tantra concerts. It's not about that for me. It's, it's really about getting this work into the world and reaching more and more people and bringing Tantra alive for people. So I make it really easy to say yes to it yeah. for, for your people. Just tell them to remind me of lifting content. Will do. Thank you. Wow. This has been amazing. Thank you so very much. You're amazing. Thank you for doing this podcast. You're such a sweet human. I'm so glad that I know you. I'm so glad we met too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you. Thank you, everyone. We will have links to all Ariana's information, links to sign up for the giveaway. Um, And so just please check her out. I'm already thinking of who I want to get together for one of these events now. So I'll be talking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening and watching everyone. I'll be back next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uplifting Content Podcast with me, Ioni Butler. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review so that more people can find it. And to make sure you never miss a beat, subscribe to our weekly dose of uplifting content, which is an email from me about the best of uplifting content from that week, be it giveaways, videos, interviews, all the good stuff. And as a bonus, when you subscribe, you'll get a hundred of our inspirational memes to share on your social media. The sign-up link is in the show notes. See you next time.